Hit Podcast, HIT, Human Resources, Insurance, and Technology. I'm your host, Toby Kennedy. As we do every week, we are dropping into your feed on Tuesdays, bringing what we hope are intriguing, bite-sized, awesome, very, very followable conversations. Uh, This week's episode is brought to you by Montage Insurance Solutions. And without any further ado, let's get right into the episode. This week's episode is a a, a hit chat, a a chit chat. Uh, We're bringing out Felicia Shakibar. Felicia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm very grateful to chat with you today, and your offices are beautiful. Ah, It's very nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Felicia is not only the host of the CPO Playbook, a fantastic podcast that I listen to regularly and highly recommend, but also a fractional high-level chief of human resource with an excellent career in the space in general. And Felicia, I wonder if you can just take our audience briefly through sort of, hey, my professional beats looked like this, and this is how I got to this chair today. Yeah, absolutely. So I think just from a foundational standpoint, um, I have a master's in industrial organizational psychology, which I think really kicks off a lot of my data-driven people analytics piece. Um, But I've also served inside small organizations, mid-size, large organizations, up to 100,000 people, both on the HR business partner side and the COE, which is the center of excellence. Mm -hmm. And I've rolled out programs in various types of businesses, all industries you could think of, anywhere from biotech to marketing and advertising. So I feel like I have a really big breadth of experience, and I've I've gone really in a deep dive as well. Um, But with my clients, I I can pretty much capture anything that they're really looking to roll out and implement as far as transformation and change management. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting part of your background. And I I think that, you know, HR can, if you're talking the wrong crowd, get the uh, uh, stigma for being really fuzzy and touchy-feely. And, you know, we've got tissues at the edge of our desk. But your data background, your almost scientific analytical uh, approach and skill set, I wonder if you think, A, does that differentiate you specifically? But B, what about for HR folks that maybe don't necessarily have that kind of innate or even formal training that allows for sort of that that data comprehension in the in the deep kind of business setting ways? How does someone like that kind of approach working their way up in a human resources career? Yeah, I mean, I think it it helps a lot when you understand the business. Um, It's really difficult to shout out data numbers without really understanding the context of Mm -hmm. what's going on and building those relationships and trust in order to tell the story of where a business has come from, where we are, and where we're going. So I think that there's a combination of quantitative and qualitative data that's really critical in order to be able to look at the entire business as a whole and understand what needs to adjust and change and move for- and how to move forward. And you've brought some of that into your podcast, and you've brought on some really, really cool guests. We were just talking off air uh, an episode you had uh, a few weeks back with the, the the gal from BuzzFeed, which was really a great episode. Um, I wonder if you can talk to me about the marriage of some of the, the dialogue we've had already and some of the episodes and guests you've had on your podcast. Oh, my goodness. I ha- am a huge fan of the guests on my own podcast. Because, Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, it's, and it's just so amazing to be able to, to sit with them and chat with them. Um, so... 
Chandler Bondin is who you're referring to, who's the chief people officer at BuzzFeed, who has been on my podcast. She brings such practical and informative, rich context of how to create one of the most engaging employee experiences that you could possibly imagine. I mean, if you listen to the episode, she is talking a lot about learning and development, manager training. She touches on different pieces like employee communication and organizational communication, which is key for transparency. But another thing she mentions, which I absolutely love, is that I asked her about how do you collect feedback Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. really be able to understand what's going on in the business to provide the right programs. And not only does she say that she collects feedback from surveys, but she also collects anonymous feedback, Mm -hmm. which is so key because for a long time there's been this differentiation between which choice you should really be making as an organization. You collect feedbacks that's anonymous or one-off, surveys, et cetera, and she does both. And I love this because it brings such a different perspective to how we collect feedback as an organization, and that's how she's able to really tie in which programs are going to be a hit and going to actually make a difference to the business. So I love that. Me too. I think that sometimes when you're doing something big and important, the answer, it's not A or B, it's D, all of the above, right? Like, you, you, And even, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought she mentioned something where it's like not just surveys here and anonymous surveys there, but also live time pings like via Slack, like real quick, like snap polls of live data, which I was like, wow, like I, 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 like you had heard the sort of choice between anonymous or not. I had not really heard that same sort of, it reminds me of when you're in the audience of like a, a good speaker and they've got a couple like live polls for their, their deck, right? They're going through. And it seemed like she was doing that with employees at different junctures. Yes, she was. And, and I think that's also in combination with the HR business partners role. Yeah. The HR business partner really understanding the clients, the the internal client groups that they serve and having a good pulse on what's going on in their world and in their function and having a really good trustworthy relationship with the the leader of the function as well. So that's kind of where the quantitative data, the real-time data, the quarterly data, the qualitative data from HR business partners, you just can't go wrong from an employee experience perspective when you're collecting that much data. And it's not it's not a burden to the business, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, here's our cadence, that's maybe quarterly. Point. And then he, if you, if something does come up, that's off, you know, um, off cadence, you can, you're able to provide the feedback. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you sort of zooming out from that specific episode that we took a little bit of a, a dive on to more of a, a conversation about some of the general themes and tenors that you cover Uh, You know, this is my words, not yours, but if you allow me to kind of characterize some of the dialogues, I've really been interested that you've had, it sort of feels like you're saying, hey, where is like the modern HR, right? And we talked a little bit before uh, we we fired up the cameras that we kind of have a front row seat being so close in Los Angeles, so close to Silicon Valley, so close to some of the real creative minds in HR. So I wonder if you can talk to me about your opinion on kind of what does the modern solid HR practitioner look like? What are they doing? What's going on? Oh my goodness. So we could talk about this for a while, but I think that um, Colleen McCreary is the first episode on my podcast. She's my first interview. And where the chief people officer role is really going is being able to not just be the partner for the business, but also more so in a very dynamic way, 
not just looking at the employee experience and what to do for employees and be the advocate for employees in order to allow the business to perform at its best, but also dribble into communications um, and also changing the reporting structure. So she talks about the, the potential for the chief people officer to not report to a COO mm-hmm. or a CFO, mm-hmm. which really hinders our ability to do good work, but actually reporting to the CEO or even to the board to keep the CEO accountable. And why is this important? Because it's really difficult from a chief people officer's perspective to do what we need to do, what's best for the business, which is what's best for the employees, when we're reporting to the CEO who we also are coaching throughout our time there. We are the HR business partner for the CEO and for the CEO's um, executive team. So if we reported to the board, we would be able to provide really rich and meaningful insight to the board without fear of repercussions and really partnering with the CEO in a very different way. Is that pie in the sky or how often is that happening? What what percentage, and I, I'm now fully putting you on the spot, but like, <laughs> Are companies doing that? Or are we getting HR to report to the board or are we dreaming? So I think it's a conversation. I think from my perspective and what I've understood about that reporting structure, it makes the most sense from a CPO's perspective. Mm-hmm. I I don't actually have the perspectives from the other parts of the executive team right. yet. But I do feel like this is the type of conversation we should be having yeah. to really understand what's possible. Well, that's a good on-ramp for where I was hoping to go, which is we're talking a little bit about HR today. But I, I think another thing I've gleaned from sort of your future thinking is like, where's HR going, right? And and what do we want to do today to sort of prepare ourselves for this craft in the future? And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about your thoughts on kind of where are we going? Yeah, so AI has been a topic. And I'm very excited because I'll be covering the HR Tech Conference in one of my podcasts. And that conference is going to be very AI heavy, as we all know. Um, I think that a lot of companies are talking about an AI assistant that allows HR professionals to leverage the capabilities of what it makes sense of the company's data Mm -hmm. and provide answers. And I think that that makes sense. Sorry to break it. You're talking like leave policies, for example, sort of a thing. Yes. I mean, just making making sense of the analytics or um, or the benefits mm-hmm. and being able to ask very quickly, you know, questions that allow us as HR professionals and even just the employee to ask on a whim. However, I don't think anybody is really doing a deep dive into how do you actually implement that mm-hmm in order to get good data, because most companies who are looking into this, they probably obviously have never used this before. Mm -hmm. AI is highlighting the need for clean data. If you have an AI assistant and it's trying to make sense of the historical data that you have in your business that's catering and specific and unique to your business, if your data is not clean, you're not going to get clean answers. Yeah, junk in, junk out, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think a lot of companies are going to go through a shock when they say, oh, I want to implement this AI tool, but actually it's going to take maybe, depending on how large your organization is, 
it could take up to a year just to clean your data. Oh, yes. Right. So I think, again, it's it depends on how large the organization is yeah. and whether the organization has the resources in order to take a left turn and stop and pause and clean the data yeah. or even put data in that could be futuristic, like what skills do we need mm -hmm. and how do we create that? And, you know, um, there's a there's a podcast or there's an episode on the podcast that actually talks about a skills taxonomy mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. that skills taxonomy is created and leveraged and not just for who would be a best fit for in this mm -hmm, role, but mm -hmm. how do we identify and design the skills that we need next. Yeah. And what people don't understand is that there needs to be some sort of team or fraction of HR business partners roles that leads to this continuous update of needing to update the data. Yes. It can't just be a, we have clean data one day and then next year we'll clean it again or do an audit. No, right. no, 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 no. Right. It has to be a continuous, frequent conversations yes. with the right stakeholders and that in itself, just that process, that takes time to build. And I don't think people are, are talking about what that process practically looks like before actually implementing an AI assistant. I would love to talk about the practicality because <laughs> I feel like, so on, on, on uh, past episode where we talked a little bit about AI here, I was like, look, at some point the computer came into everyone's office. At some point the internet came in, right? Cloud computing, personal devices, there's been these junctures along the way where this aspect of technology came in and we all need to figure out what are our SOPs, what are our deliverables, and how are we going to go from the manner in which we used to accomplish this stuff to the way in which we're going to now that this tech is for sure here, for sure not going anywhere, and for sure going to be a part of our world. So when you're talking about data and HR teams using this stuff, literally, like practically, are we talking about the ADPs and, and workdays and whatnot, having ultimately these chat GPT-esque plugins that maybe overlay all of and crunch back to you, like how do you see it it unfolding? I, I don't know yet, to be fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we're gonna learn a lot in the next few months, especially as the conversations get heightened around you know, creating budget for the following year because mm -hmm. we're in the fall and the winter. And I think a lot of CPOs and um, HR business partner leaders are looking at the technology, they're looking at the strategy and what we need for the business, and they're saying, okay, what is the plan for next year? Mm -hmm. And as, as far as AI goes, I think because we're going to be much quicker um, at – pulling data in a more efficient way, I think that the HR business partner role is really going to do a deep, deeper dive than mm -hmm. before even right. into a more strategic business partner capability. Yeah. I think it's going to strengthen the center of excellence mm -hmm. uh, that's able to pull data and actually leverage it across, you know, globally to HR business partners mm -hmm. and partner with, with them as well. So I, I also see a lot of AI capabilities into selecting the right talent. I think talent acquisition is going to be very interesting. Team building once you get them in. Uh, right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of options and people are doing a lot of exploring right now. I, I think that anybody would be very hesitant to nail down what's going to be in the next few months. But I so think stop we'll asking, have, Toby. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we'll have a lot of clarity soon. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be an ever-evolving yeah 
you know, process. Yeah. I, I don't see this as a one-time conversation as AI has come out and now we're doing this, but this is going to be an evolving conversation for sure. I totally agree. So what I'd like to end with is, you know, in all of your experience and all your conversations, in all of your research and formal training, if you've got someone out there in the audience who's an HR practitioner who'd like to say, hey, if I had, you know, a quick minute to talk on Felicia's sleeve, you know, I'd like to hear her say X or Y. What's something you would want to leave someone with or just, you know, parting wisdom? Yeah, I, I think I want to take a step back and more high level strategic conversation. You know, there's a couple of episodes on the podcast. Um, one is with Anne LeCam. And she's a Harvard fellow. She's been at Disney for nearly 30 years. She's not there anymore, but she's, uh, she's at Harvard today. And she is just a fantastic human. And kind of alluding to what you had said earlier, like where does the chief people officer mm -hmm. role go today? Her role transformed from being just in talent to head of production mm -hmm. because the head of production team they needed transformation, and naturally she was the right leader for that, and she was very successful. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in her episode, she talks about how she was able to transform this business, like cultural transformation, I think was really interesting. And I think we need to kind of start there before we think about the technology and, and what we're implementing, but really taking a step back and understanding what does the business need mm -hmm. and opening our ears and listening to employees. I think there's another episode that I would love to mention, and it's by Hugo Vega and Diego Mercado. They are the co-chief creative officers of AKQA, which is just a phenomenal, phenomenal business. Um, it was a WPP company, which I, I worked for previously, but they have this incredible story of values and how they started the Sao Paulo office of AKQA. And they started building the business from understanding their values. And I think that whatever decisions that we make, whether it be technology or hiring, talent acquisition, growing leaders, etc., all of that has to be rooted in what the business values. And if leaders are not portraying and behaving their values in the business, don't expect HR business partners to be able to really move the needle without that leadership support. So again, just I think leaving your audience with, with a nugget, it's really about understanding leadership, being able to understand what their values are, and then say, okay, now that we have our values, what behaviors, what technology, what strategy do we need to implement into the business in order to bring the values to life, which ultimately is what makes businesses successful and perform well? Well, like a good magician, Felicia, I'm going to leave everyone wanting more. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Yeah. Um, and I just, I can't thank you enough for being on here uh, and encourage folks enough. Hey, listen, if you're listening to us because you, you like good content, you know, please, you know, check out the CPO playbook, check out Felicia. Um, and I just want to thank you for joining us. That's all the time we have this week. Join us Tuesday. Join us every week. And until next week, make this the best week yet. Yeah.